Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Technically F1 podcast, where we've been gone for more than a week this time. Rashad, can we explain ourselves? School. School, yeah, just too busy, couldn't be bothered. Anyways, we're back for a very important podcast, because we've got to talk about two races and a lot of stuff. Rashad, what should we start with? Maybe the stuff? Uh, which is the stuff, the Bottas or the... Well, maybe we should start. Yeah, should we talk about career moves, how everyone's moved around a bit? Ah, uh, Yes. Great, okay. So, first thing on the list is Bottas, right? Uh, we should probably start with Russell. Actually, good point. So, Russell has been fired by Williams and hired by Mercedes. Not really fired. No, they just said bye-bye, Georgie. And um, he went to Mercedes. So, that's great for him, obviously. Correct. Our predictions were correct. It was probably the worst-kept secret in F1. It was great if- for us as well. Yeah, uh, so that's another prediction we got right, which is great. Um, what else happened with that? I mean, I'm, I'm sad as a Williams fan to see him go, because I know we're not going to be able to achieve as much without him. Uh, and knowing right his replacement, in. we're really not going to be able to achieve that much. Uh, so shall we talk about Bottas? Then we can talk about George's replacement. Okay. So Bottas took the biggest career dive in anyone's history and went to Alfa mm. Romeo. Not really. Really? What's the worst dive? Kimmy. To Alpha. Yeah, yes. but then again, I guess Kimmy was winning races, wasn't he? Yeah, Bottas he was... didn't really have that opportunity. Bottas only won one race this year, and it's been the sprint race. So it's not even a real race. Don't be mean to Bottas. Well, I'm sorry, but it's like... True. It's not actually a real race, is it? Not really. Okay, there we go. I mean... So maybe he's not the biggest career shift in history, but it's up there. At least in my opinion. Right? Maybe? No? Yeah. Okay. So, what's your opinion on Russell? I mean, are you happy for him? Well, we all know this is going to happen. Yeah. I guess he deserves the seat more than others, doesn't he? Because he's put up with the Williams for Carr for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was funny because it got to the point where all the drivers were basically saying, just announce that George is in the seat. He deserves it already. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't remember what press conference that was at, but yeah, that happened. Anyways, so, what else? Oh, right, his replacement, who is not as good as him. Controversial point. Oh, wait, you don't know who it is? You know who it is. I, no, I don't. Okay, it's Alex Albon. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, Alex right. Albon. He's right. taking the Williams seat. That pains me to say that because I know he's going to be really not that great. Not bad, but not great either. He'll beat Latifi. They'll definitely beat Latifi. Yeah, he's probably good for the car. Yeah. What confuses me is how Latifi kept his seat. I thought they said no paid drivers anymore. Hmm. I mean, he's clearly a paid driver, right? Like, I know he's got points, but seriously. Mm. Is it just me who thinks that? Isn't he? Yeah, he is a pay driver. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is Latifi a pay driver? Here we go. That's the first thing that pops up when you type, is Latifi a pay driver? Okay, so, yeah, he is. He's paying 30 million a year to be in that seat. That's a that's, lot of money. That's a pay driver to me. Right? Yeah, it must be. Okay. All right, then. Um, in that case, shall we talk about the Grand Prix that I was happy about? I liked the resultant. Ah, uh, yes. Which one was that one? That was, drum roll please, no drum roll. It was 
the Dutch Grand Prix. I forgot for a moment there what the race actually was. Here, let me find the results from it. Oh, wait, I already remember. It was a Max Verstappen win. Oh, how exciting was that? Did you see the highlights from that? Yeah, I think I did, like, some time ago. Oh, great. Okay, so we remember how Nikita Masman hit um, his teammate, who's clearly better than him, again. Um, that was Mick Schumacher, and... Unless I'm very much mistaken, Mick Schumacher finished the race three laps down. I mean, how do you do that? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Vettel lapped him. <laughs> wait, wait. Vettel lapped him in the um, Aston Martin. Oh, no, this is sad. Get ready for this, okay? Wait, Vettel was in fifth place, though, so it's not bad. Yeah, yeah, but in this race, he was 13th. In the uh, Dutch Grand Prix. Dutch. Anyways. I'm reading this right now, and this is sad. Mick Schumacher, right, was, even though he beat Mazepin, that car is so slow that he finished behind Russell, who DNF'd. Yeah. How is that possible? That should not be, I mean, that car should not be allowed. It's just too slow. I mean, if Russell DNF'd with plus two laps, then he'd be ahead of Schumacher. He still is. In the standings, he's ahead of him. Or not in yeah. the standings, in that race result. Yeah, which means he probably DNF'd with less than yeah. three laps left. Exactly. So I'm looking at the practice sessions here. It's basic stuff. Hamilton on top in the first practice session. Then Yuki DNF'd. Oh, yeah, he did DNF. That was probably some stupid crash or something. I don't know about you, but I think Tsunoda's crashing too much. That's kind of a Red Bull thing. Yeah, I guess... It's more of a Red Bull driver thing, right? Where the second driver crashes a lot while the first driver, Max Verstappen, destroys them? Well, I mean, Max Verstappen also had a crashing spree. Yeah, last year. I mean... And kind of a couple of big crashes this year. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll talk about those horrendous crashes in just a moment. Anyways, so I'm looking, as I said, at the practice times. Practice two, Leclerc topped the timesheets, which is great for him with Sainz in second. And then in practice three, funnily enough, Sainz smashed into the wall and didn't set a single time, so he's last. Mm. I mean, he's clearly a good driver, but he isn't very consistent. Sainz is very good. Um, yeah. I think he probably has the potential to be first driver. At Ferrari? Yes. I mean, he's actually beating Leclerc at times in that Ferrari. Yeah. That's mind-blowing to me. I'm just surprised they don't like stop allowing him to do it. Anyway, so practice one, Kimmy was in it. Uh, but then practice two, uh, Kimmy was taken out of the car. Oh, wait, no, he wasn't. He stayed in the car. But practice three, Forsberg got taken out of the car and replaced by Robert Kubitsen. Now you're wondering to yourself, why did that happen? Well, Rashad, would you like to elaborate why and what happened? COVID. Yeah, Kimmy got COVID, which is a shame because he probably would have scored points. Um, and yeah, it's just not great, is it? Uh, yeah, but I'm just looking at these, like, uh, the race results. Okay. And it looks like Max Verstappen got two points, even though he DNF'd. Max Verstappen? Mm-hmm. Which race? Italy? Yes. How is that possible? That's what Google is saying right now. Well, I mean, obviously Google is famed for their intelligence, but this is odd. I don't know. Anyways, can I quickly talk about qualifying in the Netherlands? Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. So, out in Q1 
was Perez. That was a shocker. Uh, Vettel, uh, not really a shocker. Kubica, again, no surprises there. Uh, Mick Schumacher, eh, that's a shame. And Mazepin, again, really no surprises there. Dead last, as always. Uh, out in qualifying two was Tsunoda. Uh, it's a shame for him. Should have been probably faster. Oh, whoa, look at, listen to this, Rashab. His best time in Q1 was nearly a second better than his best time in Q2, which would have gotten him through into Q3, that time in Q1. That's a shame for him. Uh, Latifi was 14th because he smashed into the wall at the last second. Thanks, Lewis, because uh, Lewis is in the way. Anyways, Norris was out, always. as always. Um, Q2, Norris was out, which is weird. Stroll's out in Q2, really no surprises there. And Russell was out because he smashed it into the wall as well. Although, when he originally said his first good lap time, he was going to be in Q3, but then he was relegated thanks to that crash. Okay, now let's get on to Q3, the interesting times. In 10th is Ricardo. He's making a comeback. This is great. Alonso was ninth. Ocon beat Alonso. That's a shame. Giovinazzi had the greatest crash, uh, not crash, greatest qualifying of his career. I'm just so used to saying crashes with him. Anyways, Sainz was behind Leclerc, but really not by much. Only one one-hundredth of a second. Gasly was ahead of Leclerc. Very surprising there. Then it went Bottas, Hamilton, Verstappen, as it generally does. Which, um, that was a pretty interesting qualifying session. I'll tell you that. Anyways, race rundown. Hamilton got the fastest lap. Red Bull had the fastest pit stop with a 2.15 second pit stop. And the driver of the day was Sergio Perez. I'm surprised it wasn't Verstappen uh, with all the home crowd. Anyways, shall I? T- I think the home crowd's kind of sick of him. That's why they chose his teammate. How could they possibly be sick of him? I don't mind it when he wins a race. Yeah, but the thing is, he always, like, I don't know. No, go on, go on. I'm interested. I mean, he's always going to get it again. What, like, the next race win? No, like, uh, which one call it? Um, driver of the week or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't think he's had many driver of the days, though. Not this year, at least. Mm-hmm. Last year, though, it was almost a weekly occurrence. So, oh, yep, Max was happy driver of the day, of course. Um, anyways. Alrighty. Race results. Very exciting stuff. Uh, Max was happy one, dominated, finished ahead of Lewis by 20 seconds. Bottas was told that he's not allowed to drive his own race and was told to sit behind Lewis for the entire race. That was very kind of them. They all lapped everyone, uh, those three, including the fourth-place man, Gasly, which is a surprise. They lapped Leclerc, Alonso, Sainz, Perez, and Ocon. So even though Ocon's a bit faster than Alonso in qualifying, he did get destroyed in the race. Uh, Perez went from 16th uh, to 20th to 8th, which is great for him. So he got four points there. But really, he should have been probably faster than Bottas in that race. Right, Rashab? Probably. Yeah. I mean, he's a really good driver, obviously, Perez, but it's just these little qualifying mistakes that ruins everything. Mm. I mean, I guess the thing is, if he was doing this at, like, a um, Aston Martin, for instance, no one would really care because he gained so many places in the race. But because he's doing it at Red Bull, there's so much scrutiny. So it's not good. Anyways, uh, Norris in 10th, Ricardo 11th. Uh, there were some team orders there. Rashab, you'd love that. Uh, Stroll, 12th. Vettel, 10th. Again, team orders there. Uh, 14th, Giovinazzi. 15th, Kubica. Some team orders there. 
Latifi, uh, 16th. Russell, 17th. Uh, Russell was a DNF. Nick Schumacher was three laps down. And then two DNFs with Sunoda and Mazepin. What were your thoughts on this race? Did you see the highlights? Probably at some point. I don't really remember. <laughs> okay. What do you think about it overall, Think seeing the results? Pretty good. All right, cool. In that case, I'm going to shut up and let you talk about Monza. Oh, yes, Monza. What a brilliant race. Ricardo won. I know. And then Lando took second place as the McLaren week. I know. Bottas took third place, which was very nice for him. Yep, that's a to-whom-it-may-concern moment there. Not really. Well, I mean, he came from P20 to P3. Not bad. Yeah, it's very good, actually. Yeah. It's better than some what Hamilton's done. I can't remember what his best drive was. I think it was P16 to P1. So that's actually a bigger recovery than Hamilton. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's quite cool. That's 18 points. I know. It's very good for him. But, um... Shall we talk about why um, why no Verstappen win? It's a bit fascinating. Ah, uh, yes. Lewis Hamilton crashed into Max Verstappen. Okay, so it's time for us to uh, make our decision on whose fault it was. Shall we pull up the video that F1 made and we can see whose fault we think it is? Yes. Great, I'm going to go pull it up right now. So, for those who don't know, uh, you too can decide who you think is at fault. By simply going to the F1 YouTube channel and finding the video titled uh, Hamilton and Verstappen Crash 2021 Italian Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Yeah, Grand Prix. That's the one. Anyways, 2.7 million views released three days ago. Now in the video, you can see the onboard footage from Verstappen. And then suddenly, he's in the air. I'm watching it right now. I'm watching it right now as well. Right, I just like missed that whole part. Like for some reason, it's a three D. Oh, it's a three sixty cam video. Oh, cool. Oh, that's a nice one. Yeah, I'll have to have a look at that. I'm looking at just the onboard footage right now from Verstappen's car. There we go. Smashes. Hamilton smashes into Verstappen. Verstappen. I can't tell. Oh no! Offboard camera. This is the moment. It's kind of weird because... Okay, wait, I'm going to pause the video here. Going into the corner, Verstappen is behind, and he's taking the outside line, which is risky, knowing Hamilton's track record this season. But by mid-corner, he's basically alongside. Then, Hamilton squeezes him onto the curb. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit dangerous for him. Dangerous driving by Hamilton. He, I think he was probably too aggressive. Yeah, but uh, it's kind of a little bit of uh, Max's fault because Max just put himself in a place where he could get forced into this. He definitely... I mean, I know why he was at that position. He was angry because of the pit stop. Yeah, 11 but seconds. Wow. It was an 11-second pit stop. The worst worst one by Red Bull all year long. Yeah, it was supposed to be two seconds. I know. But I understand why he's angry about that, but yeah. he probably shouldn't have done that move. Right, if I am say go karting and you're go karting or something like that, and we're racing each other, I don't think either of us would try to make a move like that. 
Yeah, that's because none of us like, or neither of us have really been go karting very much, but we're not like experts. Yeah, I've only gone twice Never or been. three times, but even then, it doesn't really like. I still wouldn't make that move because it's risky. Like yeah, even I mean, it's, it's both. It's yeah. kind of both of their faults. I mean, I would put a little bit like. I mean, Hamilton should have backed off a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think if he backed off, there definitely wouldn't have been a crash. But then, like, I mean, it's kind of equal faults. Right. Because on the other hand, you know, as a driver, you generally don't want to back off at all. That's sort of the code. Uh, It's such a weird incident. I mean, I would call it a racing incident. Yeah. It shouldn't be uh, Verstappen's penalty. I disagree. Get a penalty or. Neither should get a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's either a racing incident or they both get a three-place grid penalty. Yeah. So, it's, both uns- it's like unsafe on both sides. Yeah, exactly. Now, as we alluded to, um, they're both, or Verstappen was angry because he had an 11-second pit stop, uh, which is obviously terrible for the Red Bull team. You know, it's Mercedes sort of times. <laughs> and uh, on the radio, I mean, you could hear him. He was audibly pissed he was remember in hungry when the engine blew up in 2018 and he was just screaming about the engine for five minutes it was like that just him for an entire lap yelling at the team that's like a minute though yeah it's not five minutes but it's it's a minute of him just talking to and then after that lap is done this uh what's it his uh guy on the radio what's he called uh i was pacing Team engineer, engineer. Um, it says, "I'll just leave you to it." Oh, <laughs> uh, it's a pretty funny exchange, but um, that sounds like the race engineer Kimmy needs. I know, Kimmy, Kimmy's race engineer is unique. What was it? It was last year when Kimmy was screaming for what about the penalty? <laughs> and also, um, the don't tell me how to drive or whatever. Yeah. Okay, Kimmy, you will have a five-second time penalty added post-race. For what? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. You'll have a five-second penalty added after the end of the race. For what? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, so funny. All right. So shall we talk about the rest of the Monza weekend, though? Because it was a sprint race. Uh, This Monza was very nice. Yeah. It's quite convenient, though, that at these sprint races, Hamilton and Verstappen have crashed into each other both times. Can't imagine why. Anyways. One thing before we move on. Okay. Um, in the crash, the only thing that saved Hamilton's life was the halo. I should have mentioned that, yeah. I was, a, last year in the Grosjean crash, I did say that that was the thing that saved his life, but if they had had a high nose, that would have also saved his life, right? But this time around, the high nose would not have saved Hamilton. It would have yes. cut his head off. Actually, really... The high nose, yeah. Well, in the high nose, the high nose, the wheel wouldn't have been able to get that high up, would it? You're right. The airbox is pretty high on the high nose, but if Verstappen's floor crumpled the way that it did on the um, the crash with uh, Hamilton this time around, I still don't think that he would have been safe. Because, I mean, the tire would just get stuck in, like, the downforce area. Yeah, the back bit. Yeah, because the rear wing is so tall, I guess. Maybe it would stop it. 
I don't know. I still think it's great that we have the Halo at this point. It is, yeah. But um, there was a really interesting uh, argument brought up on the disaster that is F1 Twitter. And that is by the cranky Yankee F1 fan. Yes, that is his name. Um, and it is the fact that, you know, say you're Ocon type of driver. He's quite tall. Uh, he's actually taller than Hamilton. Uh, not really a surprise. Anyways, uh, his head actually sticks out of the top of the halo. So it wouldn't be quite as nice as the crash with Hamilton if it was Ocon in the car. And I think we talked about this as well. Uh, Verstappen would probably hit Ocon just the way he hit Hamilton because of the, their previous incidents. Mm-hmm. Anyways. All right. Shall we talk about the sessions and what happened in those sessions mm-hmm. or the race? Yes. Okay, cool. So, in the sprint race, or sprint qualifying, excuse me, um, Bottas was on pole, Hamilton second, Verstappen third, Norris fourth, and Ricardo fifth. That was painful to watch. I remember watching that on the, um, the bus ride back from the retreat day, thinking this is an absolute disaster. Plus, no rustling Q3. Wait, how'd you watch it? Uh, I was very kind to have a Cole sitting next to me. You know Cole. He oh, likes yes. F1. And um, shout out here. He watched the session. I was like, all right, mind if I watch it? And he was like, sure, yeah. So that was legendary. Anyways, qualifying itself, not so legendary. Although, good for Bottas, I'd say. Yeah, usually qualifying is always good for Bottas. Yeah. Especially at the race where you doesn't do well. Well, surprisingly, it wasn't exactly what happened this weekend because... In the sprint race itself, Bottas finished first ahead of Verstappen and Ricardo. But what that meant for uh, Ricardo was because Bottas had some penalty um, in, let's see here. Oh, here, right, you're ready for this. Bottas had the penalty, uh, an engine change penalty, for this race, the main race, not the sprint race. And I have a theory why they did it. Mm-hmm. Right, They thought to themselves, Right, we're hot firing Bottas here. We can't have him win an actual race. So we will force him to change his engine because he could do well in the sprint race. And clearly it worked because he didn't win the actual race. Mm-hmm. And then most shockingly of all, uh, Hamilton dropped all the way down to fifth and just was stuck behind Norse for the entire sprint race. Mm. Although I I did enjoy watching that, I have to admit I did enjoy watching him just not being able to get past Norris, even with DRS. The Mercedes was just not just the Mercedes; he was too slow. That was great. Mm. I don't know about you. Anyways, talk about the. Shall we talk about the race? Okay. It was sort of like a Mercedes or not Mercedes McLaren uh, win of everything because they took the fastest lap, the fastest pit stop and the driver of the day award. They took literally everything, right? Obviously we know that Ricardo won it. Norris got second one, two, as you said, Leclerc couldn't pass Bottas by the end of it, which was a shame for him. Uh, and there were some very funny crashes. Giovinazzi ruined his race by crashing into the wall by remembering he's Giovinazzi and that was basically the first lap. He'd had this great qualifying session, and he thought to himself, yes, I'm going to win, and yet he didn't. <laughs> uh, funnily enough, Sunoda crashed very early in the race. 
yet Gasly didn't even start the race, and he finished ahead of Tsunoda. <laughs> Poor Yuki. This is just awful for him. He's still the best rookie, though. All right. Can we, do we really need to have this argument again? No, but he is. Who how else is, he, is the best rookie? How is he the best rookie, right? I know... Mazepin's the best rookie. Mazepin is clearly not the best rookie, right? Schumacher. But Schumacher is, in my opinion. How? He is has not scored any points, but he has consistently stayed ahead of Mazepin. He has uh, cost the team less money in crash bills. That is a fact. By only costing his team uh, six million or three million dollars, that's better than Sunoda's six million dollars. Yeah, but Sunoda's actually scoring points, you know, so he's actually right. worth the money. You would say he's worth the crash money? Well, I, mean, I don't know. It's better than paying like three million or whatever for nothing, no points. That's a good point, I guess. But six million—that's a lot. Okay, yeah, but I mean. The thing is, the crashes he's had haven't all been bad. It's just because he keeps destroying his gearbox. I mean, the one in France, he basically reversed into the wall to break it. How did he reverse? He didn't reverse. The car reversed. Hmm. Anyways. So that's the race done. Um, What do you think of Sprint? Should we just kill it? I don't really watch Sprint races. Okay. So it's like... But if if there were more sprint races, next year, imagine every race is a sprint race. Would you watch them more? This is going to sound stupid, but what's the sprint race again? The sprint race. No, it's not stupid. It's not stupid because most people have already forgotten exactly what they are. It's the little race, right? Between oh, qualifying, yeah. which is on Friday, and the it's actual. It's the Saturday race. It's the Saturday race. Would you prefer a sprint race? I mean, I feel like that helps the driver get a lay of the track beforehand. Yeah, that's actually, I didn't think about that. It also, imagine you have a bad qualifying. Then you can make positions back up. Mm. But on the flip side of that, say you're a Williams a couple years ago, right? And your car isn't really fast enough to score points. But in the race, you know, you might have good luck. And some people might be at the back of the grid, and you could score a point. But with a sprint race, because people have so much time to make up those places, and they don't have to rush, they might not make mistakes while doing it, then, if you're a Williams, per se, you might not get that point. Mm-hmm. I say that as a Williams fan, knowing that we've lost so many points last year with George Russell just bottling it. I don't know. I mean, it's a cool idea, right? It's like Formula 2, but I don't know. Mm. You know, I was doing some, you know, how I was just going mm-hmm, earlier. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I was doing a little bit of research. Oh, great. Go on. In Formula Ford. Oh, tell us more. Apparently, a season costs $30,000. We have to compete in this. How do we get a seat? I'm looking. I'm going to become a Formula Ford pay driver. The cheapest way to get a seat in a racing series, I guess. Wait a minute. Formula Ford UK series has produced many successful Formula One drivers, apparently. Really? Apparently Daniel Ricciardo. That's a surprise. Kimi Raikkonen. 
Whoa. And Valtteri Bottas. <laughs> Many successful racing drivers. I don't think they know the exact definition of successful. This is Rogan before. Who's it written by? Flow Racers. Interesting. Not sure they quite grasp the definition of successful. No, I'm sorry, Valtteri. Anyways. Well, I mean, he made it to F1. That would make him successful. Yeah, I guess so. Okay, wait a minute. It says Formula Ford UK will cost you around 80000 Oh, darn. That's more expensive than the U.S. version. I guess maybe they don't really race cars with wheels on them in the U.S. Maybe they just push them around. No, I mean, they, they have wheels. They just don't have wings. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. Look at Formula Bs. Those are nice little cars. Wait a minute. I'm doing something. Yes, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So, uh... Oh, that looks really expensive. It looks old. Formula... Formula B. That's something in iRacing, the video game. That's a... That looks more expensive than I thought it would be. Darn. Okay. Okay, wait a minute. So I'm looking at the budget right now. Membership fee, $120. Whoa! That's a nice cost for that. Engine deposit, $1,200. Engine hire, $2,300. Oh, wow. License fee, $205. Tires, five sets, $3,200. So the big cost is tires, actually. It's more than an engine. Testing tires, four sets, uh, $2,500. Ooh. Entry fees, $2,000. Mechanics fees, $7,500. Lubricant and fuel fees, $1,500. Okay. Brake pads, $700. Transport and accommodation, $2,400. Team clothing and painting car livery. $1,000. Crash damage and wear, $5,000. That's pretty Total cheap for the wear. season, $28,125. Okay. All right, then. This now, is the cheapest version of the Ford Series. So how do we get loaned this money so that we can make it big in racing? I don't think loans are the best idea. I think sponsor might be a good idea. Sponsor money and insider trading. Okay. No, no. Not insider trading, just sponsor money. Okay, just sponsor money? Yes. Maybe I a mean, little bit like, of insider trading. No, wait, I feel like if we do this podcast well enough. Yeah, exactly. Sponsor, you know, like the big YouTube channels, they probably get more than 30000 a video. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, not. I guess there's ad revenue for that as well. Yeah, we could probably get some ad revenue on our, uh, not podcast, but the YouTube channel. We could probably figure out how to get it on the podcast as well, because you can just put basic ads on there. Yeah, that's the cheapest version of Formula Ford. It won't tell me what it actually... This breakdown is based on one particular Formula Ford series, which is not well known globally. It works out to be cheaper than most series. Oh, dear. It's going to cost quite a bit more, I bet, for us. For the UK, for the Formula Ford UK series, um, like Daniel Ricciardo, uh, yeah. you can expect to pay $110,000. Whoa. That's over hundred grand. Oof. 
But that's not really bad if you have sponsors. No, no, if you've got sponsors, it's manageable. But if you don't, then it's a bit worse. But I guess then again, if you're at that point, you don't have sponsors, it's crazy. If you have a huge YouTube channel, it's a video. I mean, really big. If it's... Like, I mean, like PewDiePie or something. Sure. I don't even think he makes ad revenue. Yeah, probably not. But, like, if he did... Yeah, sure. Mr. Beast or something. Yeah, presumably he's got tons of ads. Yeah, okay, we can do this. We're gonna have, uh, maybe not one of us, but a driver. People know a Ford. Yes. And it'll be technically F1. Wait, what if we sponsored a driver into Formula Ford? That would be essentially what we're doing. Okay, so we find a good up-and-coming driver. We're going to find one of those. Um, a, our local karting track. I don't know. Our local karting track? Yeah. We make it $110,000 to a local karting track, kid. No, no, we're not going to give him that much money. We're going to tell him, you should race in Formula Ford. We'll sponsor you. And then he'll come up with the rest of the money. Wait, how much are we putting up then? Uh, $700 maybe. Something like that. 700 It would cover half their fuel cost. Oh my god, that's for the cheap one. I know. The expensive one. I it's... imagine the fuel cost for expensive Formula 4 is quite a lot. Actually, it can't be that much because it's not like a small engine. Like the EcoBoost and stuff. Actually, you're right. It is a Ford EcoBoost, isn't it? Yeah. Interesting. Ford Fusion know. Engine. Ford Fusion Engine. What engine is in Ford? Formula Ford. A 1600 Duratec engine. I've never heard of that. Oh, I'm looking at Formula Ford cars right now. They look kind of cool. Okay, no wins, though. Since we're like, going to not be able to pay that much, we could just start a lemons team. Yeah, we could. 24 hours of lemons. That'd be funny. Actually, this is on the Red Bull website. Nine of the most affordable ways to go racing. I bet the Red Bull Soapbox Challenge will be in there. There's a biking one, I think. Oh, really? Uh, no, it's mopeds. Ah. That's in Switzerland. Okay, that sounds good. And then there's the fine cup. Ooh. All right. Um, and there's low cost racing. Those just look like Caterham Sevens. Yeah, I mean that's basically just buying. Oh, yes, they are. They're a series for home built Lotus Seven replicas. Oh, okay. Um, there's a lawnmower racing. I mean, that sounds pretty fun. I mean, it looks to be in dirt. Yeah. But still, that'd be pretty fun. I know Kimmy did a bit of that. And then there's banger racing. Ooh, what's that? I think it's a demolition derby. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think that's what we want. Yeah, probably not. I don't think we'd like to destroy our cars. Um, and then, like, uh, 
when there's track attack racing. So that that really sounds fun to me, that sort of thing. Um, what was I going to say? You mean like time attack? Uh, well, it's called track attack. Um, it is in uh, UK, the UK. Uh, I guess all racing basically is. Oh, I'm seeing. Whoa. You're not going to like this. It's pretty funny, though. What is it? It's buying used race cars, primarily NASCARs, and driving them around tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. That sounds kind of fun. I mean, actually, that'd be pretty funny. Think about it. NASCARs have no grip, so you'd just be oversteering everywhere. Bit of a drift here, bit of a drift there. That'd be pretty funny. What about a Formula V car? Formula V? I wonder how much that costs. Not Formula B, Formula V. Oh, look at, whoa. They're tiny. I'll be honest, I don't think they go very fast. Yeah, but it's got to be more fun than, like, driving, like, a, I don't know. Not a 9-11. A 9 is a fun car. Oh, wait. They come in kits, I think. Oh, so you've got to build them. That'd be even more fun. Yeah, actually, we should do that. We should. That'll be the next podcast, maybe. We build a Formula V. This is a $6,500 one. Ooh, okay. Let's see. SCCA Formula V. Yes. We have to join the SCCA at some point or the other. We definitely do. all the racing series Imagine if we are technically a fun SCCA approved. That'd be nice. Just having that title. Or an F1 podcast. Yeah, but. SCCA. I guess we don't really need their approval, but it would be nice to have that as our title. Some sort of European approval, like the FIA. FIA approval. But we're never going to get that. Yeah, probably not. Their own podcast. Very uh, true. Isn't it Paddock Pass or something? Something like that. Not couldn't be possibly as good as our podcast. It's by Will Buxton, so it could be. Yeah, it could be good. I started watching it. Or not watching it. Listening to it. Oh, yeah. It's quite good. Mm, nice. Because they actually have drivers. Ah, uh, okay. I'm looking at the news right now. It looks as though Elon Musk is blowing up another rocket. Not again, Elon. Oh, I mean, it's quite expensive. The, did you hear about the Neo ET7 being sold in Germany by 2022 or something? Oh, really? I gotta find out about this. Let's see here. I, I really love the Neo ET7. ET7? Yes. It is the most... Like, it's, it's actually the best electric car. Oh, wow. 600-mile range and all that good Whoa. stuff. Whoa! That's a great car. And it's like at... a nice-looking sedan as well. That's like a Kia, but better. Yeah, it's more practical. It's better than a Tesla. Definitely better than a Tesla. Actually, shall we talk about Tesla and what they're working on now? A robot or which one? No, I was actually going to talk about the delays to the Roadster again. Again? Again, delays to the Roadster and the Cybertruck. Basically uh, yes, admitting Cybertruck. that, I mean, I hope they never make the Cybertruck. It's just a horrendous affront to anything cars. I love their, um, the, whatchamacallit, the camper concept for the Cybertruck, though. Yeah, but that's because you want a 
truck that has a camper in it. That's because it's really sleek. It's, it would be such a good car for like Paris the car. It probably would be. But I'm looking at one right now that isn't quite so sleek. Wait, wait, wait. Do you remember, Rashab, Jeremy Clarkson's uh, Peugeot that had the block of um, uh, houses on top of it? Kind of. All right, if you look it up right now, uh, there's a Cyberlander, uh, which is a concept for the Cybertruck, that looks exactly like that. I mean, it basically just stacked a couple layers of houses on top of it. The only thing I see in there is a toilet. Ah, Elon, I don't think that's really practical, is it? The three thousand and eight, or which one? I think that's probably the one. Uh, Jeremy Clarkson, Top Gear, Tall Peugeot. That's what I do. It doesn't look bad. No, no, no. I mean, the one with that has all the houses on top of it, with the bush in front of it. Wait here. Well, I'm gonna send you a picture. Oh, sure. Okay, here we go. This is the one. Uh, no, 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 not download. I want to send it. Uh, and speaking of me getting used to things, uh, I'm getting used to my new Samsung phone. It's great. The Galaxy Flip. It's a great phone. It is better than any Apple I've ever owned, or seen for that matter. Have you seen Jeremy Clarkson's French Mansion? No. Is it nice? It looks pretty good. That's a trick question. So that's the house he's been teasing. The house that he blew up, apparently his neighbors weren't very happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. What did they say? Um, They said he was unpredictable and crazy. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they said. No, not really. That's a pretty house. Ah, yes, but we will have a racing team, whether it be Lemons or uh, Lamont. Exactly. Oh, that's a good segue. That's good. Shall we talk about planes, then? We've talked Um, about cars for a lot of this show. Yeah. Although, before we do that, I am just going to see if there are any new cars to talk about. Um, Because there probably are. Uh, Let's see. Um, Nothing. Oh, Nissan 400Z. I don't think we've talked about that yet. To. Not really, but it is a popular car these days. Everyone says they like it. Like what? The 400Z. Oh, I mean, it, it. I won't ruin it for you. I won't tell you its defining feature. It's a bit odd. Wait, 400Z? Z. Ah, yes. Okay, that just looks like a Nismo with a weird grill, right? Yeah, its grill is completely square. Yeah, that came out a long time ago, didn't it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I don't know about I that. I the car and driver one look a little bit like a F-type. I don't know. I'm looking at different concepts of it right now. There's a 390Z concept. That actually looks okay. I mean, the concepts look better than the actual thing. 
because they've got rounded grills. Uh, this is one that I'm looking at that looks like a McLaren almost. Oh, really? Concept. Right. Okay. Anything new for McLaren? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Oh, actually, there is something new from Zinger. I don't know. Okay, go ahead. So, Zinger makes very interesting cars. Uh, and their new one, the C70-something, rather, uh, I'll look it up right now. That car, or 21C, how did I get that wrong? Anyways, Zinger 21C. It's got a lot of arrow on it, which is very fascinating. But most interestingly, it's been designed by a computer. Very beautiful car, actually. Yeah, it's, it's really nice. I think... That we need that computer? Yes, I think we do. Don't know where we buy one, but um, I definitely like one. one. Yeah, that, I mean, that Zinger is just very cool. Technically, if one will be getting one for a racing team. I think we'll just be buying one for personal use. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, what is the algorithm? I don't know, but it's what they use to design the suspension, which is all... I was about to say blobby, but it's not blobby. It's more just natural-looking. It looks like it was... it's 3D printed? Yes, it is, by titanium. 3D printed titanium and carbon. So we can just have our own car factory just making it by itself. Yeah, and that's what they plan to do. Now, the odd thing about this car is its seats. It has only two seats, but they are one behind the other. Oh, so it's like a twizzy. It is like a twizzy. Yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, that's that's a good looking car. It's beautiful. I think they've really gone out of all the American cars that we've had in recent years. A lot of them we've not been able to be proud of. Like they broke the Laguna Seca lap record. Yeah, they did. Next year, I hope to go to Monterey Car Week. Oh, that's great! I'd love to hear about that. I'd like to. I mean, I'd like to go. Just yeah. Oh, that's an interesting segue. Um, so what about? What are you? How are you going to be able to do that? Is that? Is that... Oh, my dad's probably going to be in California, so. Oh, great! Okay, so that'll be good for you then. Um, like San Francisco, so it's like an hour drive or something. Yeah, yeah, it's quite close. I hear that's great. And Monterey is very nice by itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very pretty. Very pretty. Anyways, all right then. In that case, planes it is, right? I do have some news. So it looks like A and A. I don't know if you know them. It seems as though they may be going bankrupt. Mm-hmm. Because A and A right now is selling lots of memorabilia and planes and plane parts. Now, if you too would like an A and A engine from a seven eighty seven that was blown up a couple years ago, you can't have it for a hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I don't think it fit in my room. I don't think it fit in my room. It's from a 787. It's massive. Actually, it could be my room. Oh, really? It could be the Technic F1. Studio oh, yeah. Studio. I remember a couple years ago, Bone was trying to sell me an engine cowling. It's going to be $10,000. So I said nope to that. Um, what other news are there? Oh, yes. Singapore Airlines is cutting its Australia flights because of border confusion. That's fun, I guess. Just reading about that one right now. Uh, what else? I'm really thinking about this um, studio built out of a jet engine. 
Yeah, that'd be good. Imagine that. I guess we'd have to line up a couple lengthwise to actually be able to sit inside of it. But I, if we figure okay, that out, we'd be good. One. You could turn one into like an office space almost. Yeah, the triple seven has a really big engine, so that could work. Yeah, like, I mean, um, the, whatchamacallit, the whatchamacallit one, the, like, Triple seven? Uh, that one's the... Seven, eight, seven? I was thinking the, which one? Seven, four, seven? GE9X. Oh, GE9X, that's the engine. Okay. Because, I mean, you could turn that, you know how some people turn, like, sheds into office spaces? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jimmy Broadbent created his entire life in a shed. Oh, wait, he's the Miata guy, isn't he? He's the Miata guy who sim races in a shed. I guess we need one of those sheds as well. Yeah, I know. We need a British shed. James May blew up a shed in 2008 or something. That was funny. Uh, you know, that, that, that reminds me. Um, I forgot what it reminded me of. Uh, I know what it reminds me of. We talked about... Oh, okay. I thought it was... It reminded me of the plywood, but yeah, go ahead. The Aston Martin uh, new headquarters. <laughs> Why does blowing up a shed remind you of Aston's new headquarters? How bad could it be? It's actually quite nice. I like it. It has a wind tunnel, auditorium, conference center, you know, all the good stuff. Oh, that's great. So this is their new F1 HQ? Mm-hmm. Okay. Aston... Let's see this. A wind tunnel, you say? I bet it's bigger than McLaren's. Theirs is tiny. You know, we should just get a digital wind tunnel. We should. CFD. Computational Fluid Dynamics. Anyways. Whoa! That's modern. I like that. That's their new campus then. Algorithm. We should just get, like, a, I don't know, some sort of small computer or something. It just yeah. keeps running algorithms to build cars, and then we just like find one that we like. Or what if we had it shooting up random car designs, and then we picked one that we liked? Yeah. And then we say that's our first car. That's very nice. For those who don't know, we've been considering creating a car over the past week, and um, we're not fully there yet on the concept yet. We're still deciding whether our turbocharger needs a gearbox or not, but um, we're getting there. And we'll have a digital wind tunnel to test the design before we decide we want to build it. That's fine. But if you get the digital wind tunnel, I do get the gearbox with the turbo. The gearbox with the turbo is unnecessary. No, it's great because that means that you can propel the turbo with compressed air from tanks. You can power it with an electric motor or a gas motor. It's going to break. Well, yeah, it will definitely explode because there'll be way too much air pressure going through it. But for the 10 seconds that it works, you'll be going faster than anything anyone's ever seen. Faster than a plane, even. People see light. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. All right, then. Um, any other plane news? Or shall we talk further about other things in the news? I think that's it. Great then. Let's talk about phones. Apple has created the worst phone in human history. It is the iPhone 13, and they've changed literally nothing. You've seen it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... the diagonal camera thing. Oh, that's what's different. Okay. I thought the cameras looked a little bit different, but I didn't know exactly what it was. So they changed the design, right, of the cameras then. But I don't think they changed the cameras, did they? I don't know. 
I think there's only two cameras on the 13, isn't there? Oh, so now they're even farther behind the um, Samsung because the Samsung was ahead last year with the 12, but they've taken cameras off now. I mean, there might be better cameras, so I don't know. I don't know. I mean, for instance, my phone, right? My glorious new Samsung Flip has two pretty good cameras uh, that are supposedly better than the cameras on the iPhone 12. Um, Yeah, that's all I've got to say on that camera side of things. Oh, here's the difference. I found it, okay? You're not going to like this. It's portless. What it means is they've taken off the charging port now. So you have no headphone oh. jack and no charging port. Next thing they're going to take away the speakers and say you have to buy AirPods if you want audio. I was just thinking that. Yeah. So now you have to buy their wireless chargers, which are more expensive than their normal chargers. You can just buy a different one. Like I have, um, I have a wireless charger. And I have a headphone jack and a charging port. Okay. Yeah, I've used my charging port like once, but it's nice to have. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether there is a wireless charger for the Samsung Fold, but I have been looking for one. You could just test it with like a pad. I don't have a wireless charging pad. Does no one in your house have one? No, no, because we all use outdated apples. Except for me now. Here we go. There is a... Oh, that's great. Bro, I love my stand. I have, like, an anchor charging one. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I see that as well. Oh, that looks great. So with that, I could charge my Galaxy Buds, my Samsung Watch, or another phone. I don't have either of the first two, but I could charge another wireless charging phone. That's great. You should get a, you should get a watch. I should get a Galaxy Watch. And I, I should get the Galaxy Buds. Every day. Like, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. I have not worn a watch every day in a long time. Anyway, yeah, see watches are really comfortable. They like tell you everything, and they actually look like a watch, unlike the Apple. Watch. Unlike the Apple Watch, which is square. I only they know one, one watch bezel. that's square, and that's the Richard Mill. Oh no, there's also the uh, Reverso and the. Oh, we know there's actually an, an AP that is square. I do remember that now, and maybe a Hublot as well. But, but very, it's, it's okay because they're automatics. Yeah, it's fine. And there is actually the Tag Heuer Monaco, which is a parallelogram. But and other the, than that, there the are... best one. <laughs> other than that, there are very few square watches. The best one is the H, Moser, and C one. Oh, that's... Wait, wait. I, that's the really expensive one, right? I think it's somewhat expensive, yes. It's a... Um, it's basically an automatic version of an Apple Watch. Yes, it is. I have to see this again. I remember reading this in Top Gear magazine. Yeah, reading this uh, in a Top Gear magazine and thinking, this has got to be the most pointless thing I've ever seen. But now that I've taken a second look at it, I disagree with myself. It's actually quite cool. Yeah, but if you get the Samsung watch, you have to get the one with the bezel. Yeah, I do. I think the women's watch is the one that doesn't have it. Mm, actually, the two I didn't think had one. It might have had one, but it was like smooth. Right. I will have to check that then because I definitely want one with the bezel. Yeah, I think I have the S three Frontier. Okay. Every, everybody who got the S three got the Frontier. No one really okay. got the standard or whatever the classic, whatever they called it. Yeah. So I just pulled up Ace Moser and see their um, not their website, but the internet of them or the internet page of them, and I'm now seeing this right. That watch is over a hundred thousand dollars. It's an automatic Apple Watch. 
I just, but you see, that's not the most expensive watch out there. There's like the oh god, no. diamond hallucination. The yeah, there's there's the um the Paul Newman uh, Rolex. That was what fifteen million. Wasn't that seven hundred k? No, no, not when it was old. When they resold it. Mm. No, I think when it was old, it probably did cost better than seven hundred thousand. But now, the resale the resale price that was unbelievable. I love the triaxle tourbillon. Yeah, it's a very pretty design. I don't think Kimmy. I know Kimmy's is a manual tourbillon, but I don't think triaxles it's triaxles are just a bit more expensive. Well, exactly. I imagine if you had that on a Richard Mill, it'd probably be over a million dollars. Yeah, I love the triaxle tourbillon because it just like looks so cool. It looks like the center of like a spaceship or something. It's amazing how it rotates on itself. It's just so cool. They should make like a cheaper one. Yeah. Wait, Jacob and Co. They make um, right? They make a triaxle, I think. They make many. Okay. You know they're sponsoring that new Bugatti Bolide. Yeah, well, they had the they made the Bugatti watch. Ah, uh, that makes sense. Remember the one that had the engine? Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. They also made the oil watch. Ah, oh, yeah, the fracking one. I did really like that. Not because of the fracking, because it was a nice watch. I love most of their watches that have the triaxle tourbillon. Ooh, I'm looking at the tri tourbillon, which is a repeater. Oh, that's so nice. The mystery tourbillon's nice. I'm sorry, the Astronomia is my favorite watch from them. I know it's very basic, but it is so cool. Very basic. A million dollar watch. Very basic. <laughs> no, in terms of their watches, they make more interesting watches than that, but it's just my favorite from them. Actually, maybe they don't. I don't know. I it's really a, like I very much like the Gerard Perot, um the Triassle. Yes, yes, edition. let me see that. It's $400,000. Yeah, that's a nice watch as well. Okay, let me see. There must I remember there was a gold Astrobombia. I like the platinum, the one that had like a, either the dragon. Or the oh, dragon. yeah. I think that might have been an Astronomia. Yeah, I also like the, uh, the one that didn't have any metal that was pure sapphire. Oh, that was unbelievable. I thought that you would be able to just smash that instantly, but some guy made the video who had one of those, and it just didn't break. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it wasn't sapphire. smashing it. But, yeah. Ooh, okay. So there's the high-stakes one, which is the gambling roulette wheel, that one. This, um, the Platinum Dragon is the one that you're thinking of. That's $1.2 million. Wow. And it's got... Whoa, they made a rose gold diamond as well. Wow, that's cool. Okay, we'll talk the um, MBNF and F, um, Thunderdome. Oh my god, I they made... I will look that up in just a moment. The Astronomia, they made one model of it which had rainbow diamonds in it. Not baguettes, but... Whoa, wow. So what am I looking up? Um, MBNF. Um, Thunderdome, I believe. Those look almost like baguettes. Let's see. Wait, do you mean the Astronomia uh, Turbion baguette? 
No, no, I don't mean that one. There was one with the um, the dial being completely rainbow diamonds, like the Rolex. You know, the one that VJ Malia has. Whoa, that's incredible as well. It's got the turbulent, but whoa, that's an impressive piece of kit. Look at that. Yeah, yeah, I am. Very nice. I love how it full. Wow, it folds out towards you. This just reminds me that I need to start collecting watches again. Oh, yes, yes. Do tell everyone. We do want to know this. All right. He's entering the watch cabinet. Ladies and gentlemen, moment of truth. What has he got on hand at Rashad's watch store? For those who don't know what the Jacob & Co. that I've been simping over for the last five minutes is, <laughs> the Astronomia is basically a watch that shows the position of the planets while demonstrating also the time. And if you buy other versions of it, it can also show you know, an oil well and other things like that. It's just an unbelievable watch. It's very special. Have you... Um, well, you've been to Massachusetts, right? Yeah, yeah. Love Massachusetts. Have you ever been to Waltham? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think I have either. Okay. But uh, I have this watch. Okay. Um, it's a pocket watch, actually. It's a very fat pocket watch. Oh, great. And there's a separate key. I thought this is the one, but, um, I have one that's, like, from around when the world, uh, not World War, um, uh, Civil War happened. Ah, uh, okay. For those who don't know, Rashab is a big fan of pocket watches. I am too. Anyways, uh, Richard Mill actually made a pocket watch. Actually, not this Civil War. Um, there's a war. Okay. So it's a manual winding tourbillon. That's the pocket watch. RM20, that's what it is. That's a fat pocket watch. I think you showed me that a couple days ago. Yeah, I did. Alright, cool. I'll edit this bit out. Don't worry, everybody. <laughs> oh, I must remember to buy some of James May's gin. It has just been sold. You can't drink. No, I can't, but I'll have it for some time. When I'm of the appropriate age, or close enough, I'll have to have some of that. Because I mean it's that's not gonna Civil War era, but it's like um, it's like hundred, it's like over a hundred years old. Oh, okay, cool. All right then. Yeah, it, it doesn't really have a name on the dial, but uh, the movement is kind of in it. And you can open it up because it needs a key to wind it. Okay, is it a manual winding watch? Yeah. 
Okay. Pocket watch. And then I have like a. Actually, I have a bunch of pocket watches. Oh, great. I have like another Walton. Uh, two Elgins. Um, an Andre Rivale. Okay. Um, and then I have watches. Uh, I've got a Long Island watch. Oh, uh, great. Like Long Island watches. Or watch thingy. I forgot what it's called. I think it's called an Islander. Okay. Um, I've got, actually, I've got an Invicta in here. Oh, nice. Um, uh, an Armani watch. Oh, yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah, a color orange band, right? Pocket watch. Yeah, I think you've seen that one. Yeah. Actually, I think you've seen a majority of these. I've uh, definitely have... seen the um the Invicta. I know that one. The silver, right? Uh it's silver, yeah. Yeah. Actually, okay. uh you've seen the Tissot as well. Oh the Tissot's very pretty. Um I have an HMT. Uh I have a bunch of Casios, like a like the original kind of G Shock looking thing. Oh, okay. Like the standard G Shock. What do you think of Edifice, the sort of posher Casio brand? Uh, well, I mean, that's the. Uh, what do you call it? You'd hate that, wouldn't you? Because they probably have like a Sunoda or something. I don't hate Sunoda. It's just uh, he's not the best. He is. He's the only one that's actually scored anything. Right. Obviously, Mazepin isn't right, but I still think Schumacher's better because he beat him in F2 last year. This is the big leagues. Not F2. Alright, fine, fine. <laughs> we'll see when Schumacher gets promoted to Alfa Romeo, who's really doing the talking on the track. There'll still be Sonoda, because will be in a superior car, so... <laughs> You don't know that. What if AlphaTauri makes a terrible car next year? They won't. They have Red Bull. That's a good point. And Adrian Newey does design the cars for them. Really? I, does Adrian Newey like, even sleep? No, no. He just takes basically last year's Red Bull and um, gives them that. Just essentially Mercedes and Williams. No, no. Mer- uh, Williams designs everything themselves. Oh, no, Racing Point, right? Racing. Yeah, Racing Point and Mercedes. That's the one. Yes. I know he's one of the junior Mercedes teams. Williams is not a junior Mercedes team. Volkswagen and Porsche will be signing them an engine deal any day now, as Volkswagen and Porsche have both agreed to enter F1. Will they be racing each other? That'd be kind of funny. That would be really funny if a Porsche-engined Red Bull would be racing a Volkswagen-engined, um, uh, what do you call uh, Williams. That would be, that, oh, yeah, that'd be funny. That would, like, I mean, though, if either car has won the race, then the CEO would probably be like, it, it, was a, it was like a good day today, we won the race. Exactly. He just wouldn't care how the other did. The thing is, though, they probably both have the same engine anyway. It's just bad, it's just something different, because Williams and Red Bull wouldn't really want to associate each other with each other. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be a Porsche engine, obviously. They specialize in sixes. Oh, yeah, Porsche would definitely build the engine. It would just be a Volkswagen-branded engine for one of those cars. Maybe for the Red Bull, because maybe they want a little bit more pulling power uh, from the car market. Ah, uh, yes, okay. You like the Golf, don't you? Ah, uh, the Volkswagen Golf? Yes. Ah, I love the Golf. Love the you golf. should stop. 
Why? Because they're going to move production out of Germany. Oh, that's awful. Because isn't it, aren't they making space for the electric cars? They probably are, now that I think of it. Maybe the ID3, right? ID3 and ID4. I actually yeah. kind of like the... They, I like the like ID3. version or something. I saw an ID3 yesterday. I, 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 I've seen so many of the ID3s and ID4s. And they're kind of sleek and like nice, you know? Yeah. But if I'm getting an electric car, I want a Neo. Yeah, but what happens if someone doesn't quite have the money for a Neo? They buy an ID3. How much does the Neo even cost? It's less, or excuse me, it's more than the ID3. Oh well, yeah, that makes sense, but because it's a better car. Maybe, but I think it's really like the new Beetle, the ID3. You know, Vol- or not Volkswagen. Germany did a people's car, right? The uh, Beetle. We're not going to talk about the origins of why they needed a people's car. That's beyond the point. Um, and now they need another car for the common man, and they have it, the ID3. But the thing is, the Beetle was so much nicer because you could remove the engine in like a couple of minutes. Right, but the Beetle was also indulged, or not indulged, uh, endorsed by uh, Mr. Adolf. So how he designed it as well, I think. Yeah, he basically designed the entire thing. That explains why it looks so bad. Yeah, it's not really a pretty car, is it? It's not a pretty car, but they had some. It was kind of cool. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, All right then. Yeah, I like the engine of that car. Yeah, yeah, I really like the engine. Very small. Very compact. And it's a good design. Is, it's a perfect racing car. Yeah, it is. Have you seen the Grand Tour or whatever? Yeah, they made the beach buggies out of Beatles. Okay. All right, cool. Well, I think this has been an excellent podcast. We've gone for over 70 minutes, 72 minutes. This is the longest podcast we've done in a while. we got to do it like this next week. Um, Rashab, any parting words? Uh, yeah, probably. Thank you guys for listening, uh, all of that stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, thank you, everybody, for listening um, for 72 minutes. Really, you are the real ones. Anyways, thanks, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye.